G'day listeners and welcome to the Keeper League podcast for the uh, post round 21 podcast of the 29 season with the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, just focus on the lesser knowns and those who are relevant to your Keeper Leagues. Uh, Case, how are you mate? Very well mate, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Big, went, big weekend of uh, watching a lot of football for me. It, it was, it was. But let's just uh, start off with the most important thing, listeners. It's uh, Hef's birthday today. Oh. So, uh, happy birthday, Hef. We've, Thanks, um, mate. had a slice of cake and a yep. celebratory birthday beer. So, should be a good podcast. We're totally fueled. Yeah, just how I want to spend my uh, birthday, just podcasting with you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> I know that was sincere. So, I'm going to, even if it wasn't, I'm taking it as sincere. So... Uh, yeah, big round. Which, uh, geez, it's going to be an exciting finish the last two weeks of the AFL season with basically the last two spots in the eight for grabs. My side, the Bombers, choking like they tend to do. Your side just sneaking up the ladder and giving Ken another six-year contract, which oh, is great. Can't wait for that one. Uh, but, you yeah, know, it's really interesting because a lot of those teams are playing each other mm. as well. So, yeah. And then, you know, people are playing out of their skin and, you know, that equates to good fantasy scores and things like that. So, it's uh, yeah. awesome. It's very, very good. All right, let's get on to the news. So, Brett Delidio has old man syndrome and uh, he's done another calf. Uh, he might play this weekend. He might not though. Uh, so who's going to come in for him, Case? Yeah, well, just reading some reports from uh, Leon Cameron. He thinks that Delidio might get up for this weekend's game, but uh, a bit more doubt over Jacob Hopper and Jeremy Finlayson. So Hopper pulled out uh, before the game on Friday night and Finlayson hurt himself in the Arctic conditions in Canberra. So um, with those two out with hamstrings and um, there's a few guys circling around to get back into that side who are looking fit, which includes uh, Josh Kelly. So big for people who have him uh, coming into fantasy finals and uh, Manny DeBoer and Harry Himmelberg uh, are also a chance to return. So they could be quite handy inclusions as, you know, yeah, F4, F5s, F4s, that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, some big names coming back for uh, GWS in terms of fantasy. We'll talk about him later on, but uh, Hopper out meaning the inclusion of Jai Coldwell was pretty uh, interesting on the weekend too. Mm, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, Anthony Miles. He's done an ankle. Yep. Uh, I don't know who's going to come in because Gold Coast are a rabble, but what it means is more midfield time for my boy Jackie Bowes, which is awesome. Oh God, it started again. Uh, ben Ainsworth could be another one to get a bit of that uh, bump in there as well. And uh, Darcy McPherson had a quiet game as well. So there's probably a few guys that they'll push through that midfield with two games to go. I don't think there's too many uh, other guys to get too excited about just yet for, for Gold Coast, but it'll uh, be interesting to watch my boy Jack. All right, what about Nick Caulfield? He done a shoulder. Did a shoulder, yeah. So them, St Kilda have uh, almost probably got their strongest listing at the moment. There's a few guys circling around who got dropped uh, the other week, um, Langlands, etc. So he was pretty handy off halfback. So, you know, Caulfield, that kind of taller defender, but, um, you know, it'd be good to see Oh, what's his name? Dalton Langland's comeback, I think. He gives a good show there. But, you know, um, St Kilda are pretty good with uh, Jack Stephen, Dan Hanabry all in the side on the weekend. Yeah, Josh Battle coming back in the side as well might not need. They, uh, I know sure. he's been there for two weeks now, but might not need to replace him as much as, um, as, as they used, would have. Just pick some of their better players. Um, yeah. Rory Sloan, he has hurt his eye. Still a uh, TBC, according to Adelaide Media, whether he'll get up or not. Um, yeah, not sure if his eyeball's still in Perth or but, uh, made the trip across. If he does get up... Um, well, there's probably a fair few guys, you know, your boy Wilson, probably stiff to get dropped the other week. So he could be one that comes into that uh, midfield. But then, you know, Hugh Greenwood, Cam Ellis-Yolman, there's plenty of inside mids that the Crows can uh, get out there against Collingwood on Saturday night. Hugh Greenwood might be playing his last game for the Crows. Well, he's probably got a couple more. Well, no, if they've come in and he might be uh, going up to that's Brisbane. That's true, so. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So, Brisbane is circling hard, so. 
Well, he'd be a good addition. Yeah. But I was looking at uh, – we'll talk about it later, but Brisbane midfield is very, very stacked. There's yeah. uh, a lot of mounds to feed there, so I'm a bit worried about the future of And Brisbane. even if he does push forward as well – sorry, going back to Greenwood, though. Mm. If he even just push forward, it's probably – they've got enough of those types as well, so I'm not really sure why Brisbane want him so bad. And he's a bit older as well, so if they were succession planning and he was quite young, I understand. But, yeah. you know, if you're going to lose Zorko, Christensen, Robinson the next year or two, yeah. Greenwood's probably going to get another two years left on them. But, you know, he's that – he's that – Hard type to match up on because he's so tall. Yeah, that's true. um, But the biggest news of the round and news I'm pretty happy about hearing is that uh, Clarko has gifted Jared Roughhead a farewell game. um, Oh, that's nice. It is nice. I think it is. (laughs) Ex-captain. Isn't Hayden Valentine going to get one too? Where's his name on the run sheet? Well, he's actually not fantasy relevant. (laughs) But what is very exciting about Jared Roughhead's inclusion is that the Hawks are playing Gold Coast this uh, week. Okay, I see which means from. if you're playing streamers or using the utility, uh, using the waiver wire, I'd be getting Ruffy in there because I reckon the Hawks boys are going to feed him all day. Going into a final though this week, and it's probably going to be an elimination final. Do you really want to be fielding Jared Ruffhead? Why not? I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't want to. <laughs> Guy hasn't played in fucking weeks. Yeah, but Hawthorne are old as shit. Sorry, Gold Coast are like. <laughs> The worst side going around. I don't know. Surely, like, I think if you've got, got a spot in your team for a Jared Roughhead, you probably shouldn't be playing finals anyway. All right. Well, Jared Roughhead's 100% <laughs> playing. What what um, score do you think he can get this week? Oh, look, at least 60. No, I've got him 80 plus. <laughs> he's de- getting an 80 plus. I've got 64 in my mind, so I'm going to go with that. All right. Well, I think he's 80 plus. So, you know, back me in the air, listeners, and uh, yeah, get around me. All right. Uh, yeah, bad by you if you do, but anyway. Uh, let's get on to the round rewind. Okay, on to the round rewind, the uh, segment where we go through all the weekend's games and look at the fantasy relevant, uh, or keeperly relevant players, sorry, and uh, yeah, all the guys who aren't, or the guys who didn't uh, do so well and we expected to go so well, and vice versa to that. But anyway, um, let's have a look at Friday night's game. So, GWS Giants versus the Hawthorne Hawks in the snow in Canberra. Uh, I had a look at this game, so we'll talk about uh, a few players from here. So, Harry Perriman had 101 points, 26 disposals, uh, playing in defence as well well so you know you see young kids rack up numbers like this and you often wonder how much midfield time he's getting but most of his touches came across uh, the back line so he'll be keeping back status next season it's going to be a real jetter for the future I think Case. what do you reckon yeah been uh, hot at him since the start of the year and basically since he's been playing pretty consistently for GWS I think he's going to be a great great prospect one of those players that if you look at the signs coming into this season just you know a few decent scores playing the playing the right role as well it's pretty kind of you know with the power of hindsight it looks pretty obvious that he was going to break out this year and he's done quite well yeah and you know if you look ahead you know Canelio going out potentially yep. getting tra- traded or free yep. agency or whatever you know he he's sure going back into that midfield he's exactly. sure out, he's sure out. you know like his halfback spot for the next couple of years is basically sewn up yep for sure uh, Nick Haynes he had another one of his games where he just scores well um, it's kind of annoying because I actually was playing a guy who had him as well um, but yeah he was battered and bruised earlier I think he had the, the tape around his nose but then he had 89 points to finish up with uh, 21 disposals he's averaging 78 this season so I don't know he would have gone late in a lot of drafts and mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good pick up because he's a great yeah. streamer because um, yep. he can do this all the time really yeah, takes he, a lot of marks he's a great streamer he's a great um, you know go back into the pool pick him up again kind of operator yeah. D4 D5 he's just yeah, consistent not someone you, you keep know, no, yeah. not, not a keeper but just someone you can go to you know mid draft no one's really looking at him because they want to get you know exciting young players you know new draft D's etc and he'll play every game exactly blows yeah. like that sit there and they can win your flag yeah uh, Dawson Simpson he had 89 points um, could he score this weekly as GWS's number one ruck next season 
Interesting. Um, obviously, Mumford's not going around again, you assume? Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. Look, he's been pretty serviceable. Yeah. Uh, it's just really depending on how well uh, your boy Kieran Briggs goes coming through, I suppose, and yeah, how his body's, one. you know, developing into AFL stuff. You know, we've seen someone like um, Riley O'Brien take ages to, you know, finally get his opportunity. Is, yeah. is um, Briggs going to be like that? We're not sure. But, you know, he's probably a handy, you know, mid-ranger. Or is Paddy Ryder going to GWS? Yeah, or even Source Jacobs apparently is the new one today. So, rumours. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what goes on there. Um, yeah. So if they don't though, and if they persist with Simpson and kind of you know use him in the mold waiting for Briggs, it could be mm. quite serviceable in fantasy. I think interesting to see what uh, their side looks like going into you know draft time next year. You know, yeah. if, if he's basically the only one there with Briggs, you'd be taking him pretty early or potentially even sneaking him into your keeper spot. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I've got him on a rookie list, luckily, so I can hold on to him for free. But um, Handy. yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd take him early, but yeah, that mid range it would probably go a bit higher than he usually would if he's a number one ruck for sure. Agreed. Uh, Jai Caldwell, so he had uh, 72 points and it was a really solid debut. Uh, was going off early, but then tapered off towards the end, uh, probably just not used to the rigors of AFL footy. <laughs> but um, he's never been really a prolific uh, scorer at junior level, but he showed some really good signs in the JLT with both, I think the first week he turned up and then he had really good point per minute numbers um, in the second game before getting injured. Um, so yeah, he was he was injured before round one and they reckon he would have debuted round one if he was fit. There was a lot of talk coming out of the media. I think he'd be a serviceable player. I'm not sure if he'd be one of those 100 plus midfield types but I reckon he'd be one of those you know mid 90s 90s low 90s mid 90s should go okay in that respect I think Case. yeah plenty of uh, scope to let him develop I think yeah, yeah. interesting to see him and um, <coughs> my boy next year at GWS you know take the step up with Haightley and, and Coldwell in that midfield see what happens so yeah. um, you know I Probably a bit too hard to judge just yet, but hopefully he gets a bit of a run the next couple of games. Uh, under Hawthorne now, Jonathan Segler had 81 points with 35 hitouts. He's always been serviceable if he's a number one ruckman, but yeah, obviously Big Boy was out. So he's nothing more than a streamer for mine, just depending on when Big Boy is playing. He's fully back up. Yeah, 100%. Uh, James Cousins, so you spruiked him all off-season and he scored yes. 73s. Uh, where do you see him going forward, Case? Um, he's probably that capable position in terms of, you know, you're... you're last or second to last keeper flyer spot I think um, for me at this stage I'm probably using those on um, Ainsworth and Bo so you know he's in those kind of calculations my issue is with Cousins you know what does Hawthorne's midfield look like next year um, well, Titch is obviously coming back which hurts uh, potentially Canelio we don't know he's been serviceable enough in the in the guards for uh, Hawthorne this year but just seems to have um, you know lost the lost the love of the coaches. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're completely bottoming out and you've got nothing better, I don't think you can keep players that aren't guaranteed best 22, really. I'm always happy to take a one or two fly spots in my team. Yeah, someone that could go well. But how well have my season gone this year? So Yeah, well, next year I'm going to be keeping a few of those because I don't really have much else to keep. Yeah. But Look, he's 21. He, he's shown he can score. He's turned up this year. A few 80s, few 90s. You know, it's not the worst speculative pick. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Melbourne versus Collingwood. Yeah, so Bailey Fritch, he just keeps getting better and better. Uh, 94 points from only one goal four, which is uh, very nice. So he clunked 10 marks and he just keeps on taking marks his mark stats of late have just been phenomenal he uh whether he'll be a dpp next year is going to be very interesting so you know obviously lately he's been playing a lot forward uh previously he's been playing a lot back so if he could get sneaking as a back forward dpp he's going to be very very tasty but uh regardless if he just goes in as a forward only next year i'd be pretty keen on him because he's been basically melbourne's major avenue to goal this year in a pretty pretty weak season basically anywhere but midfield you take him yeah yeah, definitely. 
Uh, Jay Kennedy Harris just popped up from nowhere. He had 75 points from 20 touches. Quite interesting for me. So he got that from 75% time on ground. So still not really massive numbers, but he's 24. So my kind of thinking with Melbourne is what are they doing with their list at the end of this season? So do they need someone like him with that speed through the midfield slash wing? Is he someone that could be a speculative, obviously not a keeper, but someone you could look forward to drafting next year? You know, if you're looking at Nathan Jones has slowed down to basically scum numbers. So has Jordan Lewis, Michael Hibbard's all been pretty average. So Talking about those guys all going, what kind of blokes are going through the midfield at Melbourne next year? Yeah, well, they got a lot of those, in, I guess, inside types. Um, look, I don't know. I've watched Kennedy Harris for a while now pretty closely. Someone has always caught my eye, and mm. I just don't think he's going to play that like, good footy consistent enough to be yeah. a fantasy scorer. That's my worry too, but I'm interested to see what happens for the next two games. You know, see what you see what kind of uh, leash they give him, if they give him a bit of a uh, ability to roam around, get some footy, and see what can happen next year, and then watch from JLT onwards. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah. The only other guy who's probably worth talking about is uh, your boy Angus Brayshaw actually remembered how to play footy, tunned up from absolutely nowhere. So I'm an Andrew Brayshaw man, mate. Oh, Not Angus. They're all the same thing. <laughs> they're Brayshaws. I was listening to the, this game on the radio on the way to uh, Let Oval. I actually went back to the footy this weekend. Jumped back on the bandwagon. Now we started oh, winning. Save Ken. <laughs> Hashtags trending. Um, but yeah, they're saying he uh, was not wearing the helmet this week. Yeah. So maybe that was the cause of all the problems. He couldn't see the footy. Yeah, that was his issue. Oh, Takes the helmet off and turns up. Come on, so Gussie. simple all along. Oh, dear. Imagine what Caleb Daniel could do then oh, if he geez. didn't put the... Oh, Jesus. He could be no, Wow. Uh, Brody Majek, he had 100 from uh, four goals won, 12 touches, seven marks, six tackles. So, that's his fourth ton of the year. So, at 26, he's becoming a pretty reliable forward option. So, um, look, he's averaged uh, 74 this season and uh, 80 in his last five. Looking forward at, at Collingwood's lineup, you know, he's really their yeah. main tall avenue to go. Obviously, Mason Cox floats in and around, around and kind of plays that backup uh, ruck role with Grundy. You know, they've got their mosquito fleet at Collingwood. I reckon he's a fairly reliable uh, draft pick going forward. Well, we mentioned this last week, though, with, um, with I guess, Dugowie out and Cox was injured at the time. Um, I guess we we thought that he would be the main avenue to go and he's kind of consistently doing that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pat on the back to us for recognising yeah. that. But it'd be interesting to see if Dugowie does come back in, in the team, yeah. how much of the ball he takes of him as they, they, he becomes the number one target or whatever. So. Yeah, I agree. But what I do like about Majacek is he's always taking grabs. So, he's always yeah. getting some of those stats and he actually does the hard stuff, does the tackles. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you kind of guaranteed points even if He's not kicking goals. He's sort of like that hybrid key forward. Mm-hmm. He's not completely tall, but then he's not super short either. But he's yeah. okay at ground level, but can tackle, get around yeah. quickly, and then kicks next. Handy enough as a late draft pickup. Yeah, definitely. Uh, would he be on. someone going forward, though? Would he be a keeper worthy? Uh, I don't think you can make a case to keep nah. him this season. I don't trust players like him going forward. You know, there's a few, lot of these players like this have good seasons. Yeah. But even like someone like Alex Fasolo had like a good season. I mm. know no, he's, he's a bit shorter than uh, my yeah. check, but uh, yeah. had good seasons at forward where they can average, you know, high 70s, low 80s, that type of thing. And then kind of are just nothing the next season. For me, I kind of see him as a Nick Haynes basically for yeah. a forward option, yeah. you know, like just consistent, would we'll do what you want him to do each week, um, but nothing too exciting. Yeah. Uh, Callum Brown, he had 71 touches, uh, sorry, 71 points. Uh, 71 touches. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, he, that only came from 21 touches though. So um, what is, what I've kind of tracked from him recently is his time on ground minutes keep growing game on game, which is uh, very exciting. And I think we just uh, keep locking him in for good scores, 2020 plus. Oh, I love that kid. Get on board. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Port Adelaide versus Sydney. How many 
support players are we talking about this week after this miraculous win against the Swans? Oh, fuck. There's a few here. One, two, three, four, five. Five of them to talk about. Bloody hell. That's a record short, isn't it? That's not enough. Usually it's yeah. like eight or nine. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Dan Houston. Uh, yeah, back playing in the midfield again. 103 points, nine tackles. He's had a hat trick of 100s now. So lots of midfield time. I reckon that back status is looking a bit shaky. Yeah. You're keeping and, him as a mid only, though? Uh, you'd have to, well, wouldn't you? I think you'd have to just on. Because yeah. you always got to look at their back end scores. You know, if yeah. you're tunning up at, you know, the last. If, so if he tons up his last, what, five or six games in a row, you've yeah. got you to keep him going into next season. The age profile as well. He's quite young. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Adams. So I never thought I'd mention this guy on our podcast. So the start of last we year. We do mention the trash in the yeah. you know, treasure or whatever you call it. But I never would have picked, like, you know, this guy looking back at his first JLT game he played two years ago where he was complete trash. Mm. Like me and my mates were actually saying, if this guy ever plays for us, we're fucked. But now he's actually coming to the side. Shows, shows what Port, play, Port fans <laughs> no, know. He was that bad to, like, right. when he played that JRT game and did, never sided since, you know. But anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, never thought I'd mention him, but here he is. Had 100 points, uh, 19 hitouts. There's no recognised Ruckman at Sydney. He was against Alir Alir and mm. a little bit against Hayden McLean. I think that was someone else pinching in, pinching in there at some Same stage. Range. That was the one. Um, so yeah, 23 disposals. Um, he was good around the ground. So he holds his spot, I think, for now. But uh, I think Scott Lysett did have a big game in the twos as well. So he had 30 touches in the twos. I don't think that we can play Lysett and Laddams in the same side. I think you've got to play Ryder because he's more likely to you know jump up and take a grab we up forward and kick a goal. Correct. But then I think Ryder played, well, Ryder won more hitouts than Laddams. I think it was 25 hitouts as well. So yeah, it was kind of strange to see that going on. Obviously, Laddams' strength is, you know, getting around the ground. Yeah. Team, team English style, Brody Grundy style football where. Oh, Marshall. Yeah, these kind of <laughs> this new hybrid Ruckman who meant potentially doesn't always win the taps, but yeah. ends up becoming a second rover on the ground. Yeah, so I don't know whether that's more valuable than Lossett, who was what the seventh ranked player in the AFL, yeah. going from you know, last Premier seven rounds Ruckman or something. Last year, yeah. can't get a game in a yeah. shit side. I yeah. don't care how this ha- actually happens, but look, um, we keep winning, so you know, hats off to Ken, I guess. Uh, what? <laughs> let's move on. on. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Connor Rosie, uh, ninety-five points, uh, turned up uh, last week as well. So again, pure class. Starting to find more of it, uh, getting a little bit more midfield time. But the good thing about it is the way he scores as well. He uses it by foot a lot because he does have immaculate foot skills. So, like yep, they want it on the boot a lot. So, he uses it uh, all the time. So, I reckon get on board for the future. Definitely going to be a 90 plus forward. Are you warming up to a, you know, genuine midfield gun yet? I don't know if we'll use him there because I think it's too valuable I thought. Okay. I've said that all year, I think. Yep. Uh, Paddy Ryder, 87 points, 27 hitouts. Uh, should continue to play, I think. Just not a lot of future prospect about him. So, again, this late in the season, you're probably not going to get much for him if you if you well, trade deadline's probably done no. anyway. Uh, it'd be hard to get rid of him. It depends next year where he goes, how desperate you'll play, you yeah. need the ruck, you know, where if the he, team's situated at. If he goes to GWS, would you take him, keep him? <sighs> I need a ruck. And I just need someone to play there next year. And so I probably would actually. Mm. Yeah, I know. Not, not, it's just to fill a gap until someone yeah. else comes along. A conundrum to fill in yeah, the preseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, Todd Marshall had 77 points and eight tackles. So I don't really expect him to be a huge scorer, but those tackles, he was just, you know, a man possessed on the weekend, uh, just tackling everything. I think he had two goals from uh, holding the balls. So, uh, yeah, it was quite impressive to see, but I just don't expect this every week. So, but yeah, worth mentioning for a good scorer, just in case anyone's looking at him. 
Uh, Oliver Florent. Jeez, uh, who was this guy on the weekend? It's not the Oliver Florent I know, but no. he had 113 this week, but he had 91 the week before. So we wrote him off a few weeks ago. Where does he sit now with the UKs? Interesting what, obviously, Sydney are trying a few different things in the midfield yeah. of late, you know, because you've seen a bit of peaks and troughs of, you know, blokes like him, Hewitt, yeah. Parker. And then Dawson playing in defence. Like, yeah, so yeah. they've got a few talented youngsters. It's just how they kind of all fit in together. So yeah. um, it'd be very, very interesting to see kind of how they play the start of next season. I think they've kind of got a good settled group now. I, I can't really see too much changing in there. Potentially Josh Kennedy slows down a bit. Uh, I think they might lose Zach Jones too. So I don't know. I, Florence got a lot of talent. It's just where his cap is as a fantasy player. I'm not sure yet. And he's not giving us any, yeah. you know, any more guides by, you know, stinking it up and then going hot. He just still looks like a small child out there for me. He looks like the guy from One Direction. Right? Yeah. You know, but then guys like, you know, like guys like Paddy Dow or, you know, um, another one from Carlton, I guess, like Zach Fisher, they just look mm. like children still. Yeah. And just can't imagine being good fantasy scorers. But then, you know, like they can have a good preseason put on, you yeah, know, eight, gra- eight, eight kilograms and then they're good to go. Yeah. Well, I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Dane Rampey going to Sydney now. He didn't miss a beat coming back from injury. He had 83 points. Just capping off a solid season, really. It's He's ridiculous. average 80 this year and yeah. that's a career best. Um, I don't think there's too much chance been maintaining what do you think oh no uh, maybe with the maybe with he's kind of like the, the number one man back there yeah I don't know what do you think he's a tough one would I keep him or not it's just really really I reckon you could actually delist him and pick him up again mid mid draft next yeah. year no worries you'd have to take him earlier than you did this year because so, I think there's so much risk associated with him I don't think anyone would give you anything decent for him yeah. to, and I don't think he's worth that the risk keeping him so you may as well just kind of drop him in and pick him up again later in next year's yeah I think that's probably the correct option uh, Nick Blakey had 69 points nice um, but yeah he was playing in uh, defence a la Jack Lacocious so mm. watch this space to see what he does I reckon this is a good plan for these key forwards I think the commentators bang on him now I mean to explain it I think everyone gets it yep. but um, yeah look I think it's good for him to actually you know just get the hands on the footy and that and um, it won't be a, it won't be a permanent thing but uh, it's good to just see them showcase these skills and then it, there's always that chance for that you know Franklin Pavlich midfield hit, hit like type of type yep. of player every now and then it kind yep. of proves him in that regard as well so that can be absolute gold for fantasy yeah, he looks an absolute star. Yep. Uh, Brisbane Lions, Gold Coast Suns. Uh, so, first, I just want to say I love you, Jared Lions. Come on, um, he's way too good for this podcast. Yeah, I know, but I just love him and he always cops the shit. So, 158. Oh, I'm going to start talking Jared about Lyons. Jimmy Warple again then. Well, you usually do. You just <laughs> snuck him in there. Did uh, I? Oh, just, I will later, actually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but Jared Berry, obviously probably too good for the pod as well, but we did have that question, um, you know, last over the last few weeks about, you know, where he kind of sits. He knocked out 121, and this is the kind of thing he can do. 26 touches, eight marks, seven tackles, one goal. This is the quality this guy has. So I'm very extremely confident that 2020 is going to be that massive breakout year. I've talked about it a bit where he had glandular fever, which obviously slowed him down this year, but uh, I think it's all onwards and upwards for Jared Berry next year. I suppose the only concern I've got with Brisbane looking forward is, you know, you've got him, uh, McLuggage, Lyons, Neil, Zorko, you know, that's a lot of good midfielders to feed on one day, you know. You know, we saw on the weekend, I think it was Neil and um, McLuggage had down days, only had 70s, whereas the other guys went, other guys went okay. So, you know, are you ever going to see these five guys score well all together especially when you still got Robinson running around the place and doing yeah. good things so you know that's my only concern with Brisbane at the moment maybe their midfield's too good 
Yeah, well, how often do you see, you know, five midfielders turning up and yeah. then you've got lines like guys like Lions, Neil and Zilko who are going to average around 100. Yeah. It's going to be hard to see, but yeah, there is uh, there is some potential there. Yeah. Uh, Zach Bailey, he had 74 points, 18 touches and a couple of sausage rolls. Uh, that's his second best score of the year and his career. He's now strung seven games together, which is very good. He's always been quite highly touted, so uh, he is in his second year, which means 2020 is his third year breakout. And looking at his uh, heat map, it's actually, he's won a lot of ball in the back half so if he can sneak into a, a back center or a back uh, role next year i reckon he's a very very nice speculative pick early on in some drafts yeah uh, jackie bows oh, what <laughs> a god man what a man uh 98 points 21 touches six marks six tackles very very nice stats he's actually scored 98 three times this season that's yeah. amazing I uh, just can't quite tick over to that ton. He's only got the one this year. But looking at his heat map, he's 100% going to be a mid-only next year. So it's really a big two games for him coming up. I think with Miles out, it's probably going to help him just, you know, dominate that midfield for the next couple of games. You know, him and Ainsworth, a couple others that are basically auditioning for, you know, their starting midfield role next year. So I'm still pretty confident in keeping him. Uh, you know, if he can bust out another 100 in a, or a score like that over the next couple of weeks, I'd be very, very happy. I had Jack Bowes on the bench, on my midfield bench uh, on the weekend, and Miles. I was on the field and Miles got injured early at around the 20% mark and I thought you beauty Jack Bowes is going to come on and replace this at the 20% threshold and then Miles just goes on and gets his way up to about 30% of game yeah, time thanks mate suck shit uh, <laughs> uh, Sammy Day um, he's actually kind of looking at home in the AFL finally which is good uh, 79 points from him and he's just taking heaps of grabs he's averaging 7 marks in his last 3 games so look he's 26 years old so not necessarily a sprint chicken but he's kind of hitting his straps as that big um, you know forward back you know utility hybrid kind of player so i'm kind of thinking next year he might have a bit of value late in a draft i think he's worth a flyer you know if you ask me this year would you take sam day i always said no way in hell but you know um, i reckon next year he could be quite one of those serviceable brody meyer checky kind of you know floating forwards who don't expect too much from but can probably fill a, an f5 role week to week if you need him to yeah still got a bit more to do for me but he's definitely one that i look at his score and go hmm just have a bit of a ponder yeah, about there's a trackability yeah and lastly Jacob Dawson, um, he had 74 and is averaging 72 in his last four games this season. So looking at his numbers, he's uh, looking to be a backman next year with the heat map. So if he does get back status, uh, Jacob Dawson, I'm happy to take a bit of a flyer on him. There's something about him I don't mind. He's uh, pushing into his third season next year, which we all know that means breakout. There's only one Jay Dawson that I'm interested in in this league and he plays for Sydney. Well, I can have this one and we can both have a Jay Dawson. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Essendon Bulldogs game didn't happen. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, is what happened here? Ah, so uh, I didn't watch it. Thank Twenty God. goals was, in a row, was it? I don't know. Goals? I was I was in a plane <laughs> going to Sydney, so I didn't. I missed it all, which is uh, probably nice for my mental state. But. Um, Looking at some of the stats, Carl uh, Langford had 87 points from 24 touches, uh, obviously helped by the opportunities from some of the guys missing from this game. I'm still a bit disappointed in his season, but um, There was 22 blokes missing enough. from this game, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, Zach Merritt had 144 points, I saw. That's so he true. must have been out there. The only one. Actually, uh, I did notice him. Yeah, yeah, he got his hands on it sometimes. Yeah, and probably just gave it to the opposition. Yeah. Um, but looking at his uh, you know, heat map for next year, I think Kyle Langford's going to be mid only, which kind of hurts his value. And I'm not sure where you kind of put someone yeah. like him now because as that centre forward, he, he had some value in uh, looking into this season. I thought, geez, he's going to take the next step in the midfield. He's going to you know, kind of cement himself as a decent scorer. He hasn't done that. He becomes a really risky opportunity proposition now for 2020. 
Yeah, he's definitely in the keeper pool, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mason Redmond, he's, uh, he had 77, still tracking along nicely. I think he's going to be value in a couple of years to come, if not yep. next year. Um, and Connor McKenna, just an interesting one for the Dons. He had 79 points. But I'm really loving his form and consistency, though, looking at his um, stats fantasy-wise. So, he's averaged 79 in his last four. And in 11 of 19 games this year, he's scored at 70-plus. And he's only had one game this season, which was the first game of the year, which he scored below 50. So, you know, these are the guys. You're talking about, you know, this time of year when you, you know, might have a few injuries, you can back some of these guys in to just get your 70, especially in a defensive role, can be very handy. So um, I'm not necessarily expecting massive ceiling from Connor, but I think he's got a very, very nice floor um, around that 70 mark and could be handy, you know, just as a late pickup next year. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the dogs, Toby McLean, uh, basically the fo- forgotten player of the Western Bulldogs side. He had a nice little day out. 22 touches and three goals for his 104 points. Came from only 72% time on ground, uh, which is very, very nice, and uh, was his first ton of this season. I'm quite interested because there's been a bit of talk that he might be trade bait for the Dogs, and if he can find his way to another team uh, with a midfield role, I reckon he could be a super, super pickup next year. Yeah, it was interesting because I uh, spent a lot of time at forward in this game. Well, seemed to get a lot of touches in the forward half as well. So, um, you know, I thought he might be one that might come in for, you know, Caleb Daniel and play a similar role to that. But uh, no, playing a different spot. And you're right, there's a lot of a lot of players that do similar roles for the Western Borders up mm. forward as well. So, yeah. you know, you've got Lipinski, you've got Richards, you've got uh, Dale. There's quite a few up there that yeah. play similar type roles. So. Lloyd had a quiet game on the yeah, weekend as well. So, you know, so. It's, yeah. it's tough with teams like that who score well. No, it should be, should be interesting if he does get a trade. Yeah. Uh, Will Hayes, he knocked up 100. Uh, 74% time on ground for him. Um, obviously, it's a bit, bit of a beat-up game for the Dogs, uh, absolutely smashing the Dons. But we have shown, uh, seen that he can score very, very well in the VFL. He was doing that last year's, um, you know, I think it was around 100 average, I think, last season in the BFL. So, does have the potential to score like that. So, with a couple of games in the 70s earlier on this year, I reckon he can still be one to monitor if he uh, remains on the dogs list looking into drafts next season. Yeah, he seemed to get a lot of it. Yeah. He was around the ball. Yeah. Uh, Timmy English, he was so, so close to his second ton of the season. He was on fire early. I looked at the scores at halftime. He was on 80, I think, and he only managed to get to 98. So, um, obviously slowed down a lot in the second half. Look, he was beaten comprehensively in the hitouts by Zach Clark, which is disgusting. He had 38 and- uh, That shouldn't happen. <laughs> no, Clark had 38 and English had 20. So that's a big concern. But uh, look, 17 touches, including five marks and four tackles. He's averaged 76 this season. I think that's pretty good from where he should be. And I think next year is only going to get better. I don't, I don't think he's going to get dropped or anything, but you got to worry if Bulldogs actually want to start winning uh, hitouts in the midfield. No, nah, but they've got Dunkley <laughs> and McCray and stuff and Pontipelli. They can just read the opposition. All right, next and one. Lastly, uh, Taylor Dre. For me, he's kind of low flying. Look, he's um, 22 and 90. Uh, sorry, he's had 122 and 91 and then averaged 93 in his last four. So, look, he's getting back to some of that Hawks form from four or five years ago when he was kind of looking like a pretty handy uh, halfback defender, fantasy guru. So, yeah. I reckon if, uh, you know, the dogs are pretty settled with their lineup now, I suppose it's really only Daniel that needs to come back in there and. I reckon that Taylor Dre could be worth a, a you know, highish or potentially even worth keeping into next year. I don't know about keeping, but, uh, you know, next year, uh, I don't know if it'd be high, high mid, that kind of area, if he keeps mm. performing like this. But, yeah, he's always shown potential. Yeah. And over the last few weeks, he's kind of come into fruition. Uh, yeah, I think there's 
This, I can't actually remember the specifics. I can't think of it, but something's happened that's given him more opportunity at the moment, but I can't actually remember who it is. But anyway, so, anyway <laughs> there was someone's, in, well. someone's injured or something like that, but maybe it's Caleb Daniel actually. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, rightio, the Cats and North Melbourne. So I'll just keep this ball rolling. Grian Myers, he dropped off the cliff for a bit um, this season, but he's still a quality, quality fantasy player. He had 17 touches and three goals for his 97 points. He's averaging 67 this season, but um, which is not too great. But if you look at it, he's actually had five. 90 plus scores this year so I'm really liking his prospects he's basically his first season of footy he's you know ready to go looking at Geelong's midfield they're a bit aging so he might be one that gets a few more opportunities next year and beyond so one I'm looking liking the look of quite a bit uh, Quinton Narkel he had 21 touches and two goals two in his 93 points only from 63% time on ground so went super super well points per minute styles um, first quite a game, bit of midfield time as well by yeah the looks. and it was his first game of the season and it's actually only his seventh game ever so he's one I want to keep a very close tab on um, this year if he can play the last few games and I've always, I've always had a good opinion of him uh, Narkel have the cats so uh, just hopefully he can get his body right and play a few games in a row towards the end of this year I worry a bit about the time on ground um, you know he was obviously quite lucky on the weekend he got a lot of points in that time but with with such low numbers they can always go a bit cold every now and then especially if they're not you know scoring it over a point a minute which is yeah, most of the time pretty unrealistic it's true but you know it's just about building that f- that fitness base up and if they can you know get more time on ground but a few less points it's still good yeah yeah uh, Mark Blitzarves he was the main ruck for Geelong this week he had 21 hit outs uh, and 13 touches for his 85 points so bloody hell if you owned any Geelong ruck in this year I feel for you because you know Stanley Abbott um, Zach Smith, bloody Darcy so Ford. Who the hell rocks for Geelong? I just have no idea. But who the hell picks a Geelong Ruckman to yeah. play in the fantasy side? Well, yeah, not me. Yeah, thank God. Dumb. So, um, <laughs> um, but if he is playing one out as uh, Geelong's main Ruckman next week, I'd be pretty confident starting him as you know a defender option. You Do know? you? Yeah. Well, because he's gonna, he's gonna, he's basically on ball. So he's so he, no. But like next week, he could be playing full back. No, but if he's their rock, oh, rock sorry. option. Yes. Yeah, I, should so just, I should actually listen if, to Yeah, it would be nice <laughs> for once in a while. So if they don't bring in a recognised Ruckman and he's the one you know, um, going again, I'd be more than happy to start him. If he's not, don't play him. Uh, Joel Selwood, serious question here. Is he officially cooked? Could so he, uh, he's had, he's 31 years old and he's had 40 and 59 in his last two games. So he's averaging only 80 this season, which is 20 points down from his last year. Yeah. That's like big drop off. Maybe it's time for him to give up the captaincy like Boke did this year and actually start playing some good footy again. Potentially. Yeah. If you but if you look at Geelong's midfield, so that so Selwood's thirty one, Ablett's thirty five, Danger's almost thirty, Duncan's twenty eight, I think, and Tim Kelly potentially leaves. Yeah. That's a mass you know, they could fall off a cliff here very quickly unless they start playing, you know, Narkel or get comfortable on the side. So there's a lot of, you know, talented Geelong players. In the wings, yeah. I reckon now, well, yeah, I reckon now's the time to start trying to pick some of these guys up in a keeper league that the lesser knowns, yeah, and stash them away for next year or twenty twenty one. They wouldn't be far off, yeah, breaking that side for sure. Uh, and just quickly, North Melbourne absolutely suck at fantasy. No one scored a ton, uh, and I think the only person worth talking about is Jamie McMillan. He kind of re- continues his reconnaissance coming back from injury. Uh, he had eighty six points and now gets his average back to seventy five for the year. So he averaged seventy three last year. He's only twenty seven. He's he, He's a tough one. He's he's almost capable because he's very consistent. They use him a lot in the back line. Mm. It's just he's almost he's one of those Nick Hainsey kind of guys where you know you could probably drop him and pick him up mid to late again and get a bargain again. Yeah, last keeper if you've got nothing else, especially if your back line short. Yeah, numbers, for sure. You know. Yeah, they, they, those types are hard to come by actually. So yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, St. Kilda, Fremantle, Hef, what do you got for me? Uh, well, Dan Hanabry and Jack Stephen came back into the side this week, and we said Gresham out would do big things for these types of players, and it kind of came to fruition. So 117 points for Hanabry and 105 for Jack Stephen. Yeah. And Jack Stephen was playing up forward. He looks like he's put on a few kgs uh, in the last few weeks, but, you know, that makes me love him even more. <laughs> that big dirty mullet and a, a big beer gut. So, yeah, I love seeing a guy like that coming out of full forward. Well, when he's um, kicking snags, yeah, exactly. get around him. So, yeah, these um, guys might be available in a few leagues because they've been dropped, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably gone by now by the time this podcast comes out so uh, hope you got on board because I know Dan Hanabry is available now waiver wire and um, yeah yeah, he's probably gone by now. I didn't have a high enough pick to get him. But, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to get and see how he goes. Uh, Hunter Clark had 99 points. And yeah. uh, it's not quite like Warpedo, who had 117, mm. even though a couple of weeks ago he said he'd be better than Warpedo um, out of that draft. But, anyway, some stage. I'm never letting that go. Um, I'm still going to have Clark look, for the rest of my life if I had to. Look, 99 points is still pretty good. Yes, it's not 117. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, but the kid's going to be a jet, I think. And getting a lot of the ball across uh, halfback too. So, you know, everyone sees these kids, uh, they're named as defenders and they must be getting points so oh, they must be playing midfield they're not going to hit the midfield they're not going to get their back status next week this guy will keep his back status next year sorry and uh, yeah so don't worry about that and uh, yeah he's going to be a decent scorer for years to come I think uh, Josh Battle uh, so his second game back from injury had 87 points this week he had 72 last week on his return but uh, he's definitely on my watch list for 2020 100%. he's only averaging 70 but uh, mm. well that's probably a good thing actually because he yeah. will probably fly under the radar for those who don't kind of keep tabs on these kind of players definitely. Um, so yeah he just plays a nice role where he just Intercept marks all day. Plays pretty loose. Got a pretty big tank. Can move around the ground. Uh, yeah, I like the look of him. Uh, Ed Langdon, he's had a big fortnight. He had 112 last week and 105 this week. He's averaging 90 this season and uh, he had 88 last season though. Yeah. So is this his ceiling? It's tough. I thought this would be the year where he kind of goes the next level. Yeah. Um, there's no kind of reason why he hasn't. You know, like it's not – there's more midfield opportunity for him because Lockie Neal's gone. Yeah. You know, who's come in? Reese Conker, you know, that's not good enough reason. Blakely's been out a lot. Yeah. I, I really like him as a player. Potentially, he's a bit more of that quality over quantity. You know, he's still in a good way because he's still a good scorer. Yeah. Um, but – I reckon his ceiling could be a bit higher. I reckon it's about this because I reckon if anything, Brayshaw is going to start getting more midfield time and he kind of moves down that pecking order one spot. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I reckon this is probably about it for him. But, you know, 90 every season, you take that. Take you know, someone like Liam Shields, you keep every year. So, yeah. no difference really. 100%. Uh, Ed Langdon, uh, he's had a big fortnight. As, oh, wait, that's who we just talked about. Yes. <laughs> Connor Blakely, uh, 94 points, uh, a little bit more midfield time, but predominantly in defence. He's going to be juicy for 2020. He's way behind his average where yep. he could be. So, yep. yeah. Uh, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, no, uh, oh, here we go. Here's a man crush. Uh, 86 points from 71% time on ground. Just seriously good on board for next season. And we just hope we see that time on ground increase because, again, the points per minute scoring is great for a kid like this yep. and just got to make sure he gets more of it. Uh, Adam Chera had 83 points, uh, so it's good to see him showing something late in the season. He had 73 last week, playing mainly in defence. Just hopefully this is second year blues and we see a turnaround sometime soon. It could be. I think it probably is. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not as probably developed as Brayshaw as well in terms of body size, I don't think, too. Yeah. So, you know, give him another year preseason. He should be hunky-dory. Uh, Richmond versus Colson. So, Jackie Graham. Dear God, I hope everyone who's been listening to this pod got on board and took him when they could. 146 points, 22 touches, 14 tackles and four goals. Uh, he's officially too good for the pod now. He's Do you a, he's a Yeah. Well, he's not going to be available anymore. can't pull out 146 points. He's like, he'd be averaging, what, 80 or 90 this year? Yeah, but there's a lot of midfielders. We, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. He's in that top kind of 150 probably averages now. So, yeah, yeah he's probably there. See you, Jack. Yep. Uh, Shaney Edwards, uh, he flagged it. Um, 
sorry, flagged it last week that there's been a bit of a change in role for him. So he had 27 touches, nine tackles and a goal for his 127. I think he scored a 90 or 100 last week too. So hmm. I reckon as a mid forward as he is, I reckon he could be a great inclusion for a final side. Yeah, I reckon so too. Uh, because there's obviously something that Richmond are working on and he's playing a lot of midfield time and, you know, he, he's actually kind of off the leash, which is fantastic for him and mm. I reckon he can get a few more big scores. That said, Dusty and Koch out on the weekend. So it's true. They probably look to him to kind of fill a void there. Potentially, but I'll talk about him now. Jack Ross, he came in for Dusty and I reckon he's a kid you definitely want going forward. So, yep. uh, 21 touches and seven tackles for his 79 from only 74 percent time on ground so he's got a 76 average for this season if you take away the game where i think he scored 11 points and went off you know 20 percent time on ground so if you take his four games out i reckon he's very very good i reckon he's going to be one that obviously goes out when dusty comes back in obviously um but don't wait on securing him if you can get him somehow or if you know you're playing your your dynasty and stuff like that i think he is one you definitely need yeah he's one i'm hot on on the waiver wire podcast that came out on monday this week sweet uh, Jason Castagna, the last one for this, uh, the Tigers, sorry. He had 22 touches and six tackles and a goal for his 100. Uh, look, it's nice of him not needing goals to get a big score like this, but uh, I'm just a bit interested, sorry, a bit worried. He's, he's very unpredictable. But at the end of the day, he's only 23, and I think there's a bit of an interesting watch on him because he's got a bit of fantasy now. He can score well. Obviously, his bigger scores have come from when he's kicked a lot of goals, but you know, to see him do this off just on the one snag, I reckon he could be quite handy. Going forward, that is. Uh, and just quickly for uh, Colton, uh, Cade and Daisy, the old heads are just playing great great fantasy finals football. Um, their possession game in the Colton back half is basically on song. So I'd play either Simpson or Thomas with absolutely zero hesitation the next two weeks. It's worrying how much Colton still rely on these old guns. Mm. Anyway. They've got to go around again next year almost, don't they? Yeah, there's talk of him actually going around. Well, yeah. Cade Simpson anyway. And Daisy too probably. Yeah, they probably will actually. It's crazy. Uh, and if you were Cade Simpson, wouldn't you just want to head into retirement now? Yeah, but he's probably- just, He's near like the biggest loser probably, ever. But he's just had- <laughs> Yeah, he is actually. But he's had like four wins in the last few weeks and that's probably more than he's had in the last two years. So, he's kind of like, yeah, fuck yeah, I need to get around this shit. Probably time to say, hang him up, mate. You've yeah, got your wins now. Let's go. The sad thing is they still need him. It's it's crazy. Yeah, but um, not anyway. suck that much. And Zach Fisher, what's happened to him? He scored 24 and 25 points in his last two games and now full games as well. So, he hasn't had 20 plus touches since round 12, which- all this is kind of screaming to me that he a big danger sign. He's a very much a quality over quantity player at the at this moment. He's not even getting quality touches. So I, he's he's unrosterable next year. I reckon. No, I've got him, and I'm probably going to keep him. But um, just because I got nothing else. But uh, look, last week he didn't actually play. He was uh, laid out. Um, there was in, I guess, and coming back from injury this week might have hampered him. And he's shoehorned up forward a little bit more this week as well. Like, yeah, no, nah, look, the twenty-five looks shit, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be too panic. I wouldn't be panicking too much just yet. He's just got to find a permanent spot somewhere. I guess he's got to stick. But with if it. you haven't had twenty plus in ten weeks, that's not good. Yeah, but like I said, he's not getting heaps and heaps of midfield time either. It's kind of up forward. And I know Carlton have been winning a few games, but again, they've just. Like the, the only guys scoring well from fantasy wise really are their actual superstars. So I reckon there's so much danger with him. Oh, I'm keeping him. Yeah. I'm giving him another chance. No, one more year. Right here. Last game. All right. West Coast Eagles versus the Adelaide Crows. So Jack Darling was everywhere up forward. He took nine marks and kicked three goals. Uh, 94 points from his past five. Uh, so that's his average, sorry. And he's had 300s in there as well. He's got Hawthorne at home in round 23. So it might be juicy for the, uh, for mm. the grand final weekend. Yeah. 
Uh, Willie Rioli had 109 points, but he only averages in the 60s. So he pops up with these every now and then, but nothing to really get excited about. That's just what Willie Rioli does. Mm-hmm. Class player, and when he gets uh, on the string like he did on the weekend, goes okay. But, uh, yeah, wouldn't be backing him to do it every week. When he runs through the midfield, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. But you just don't know what's going to happen. It's, no. it's too unpredictable, so you can't, you can't allow for it. Uh, Jake Waterman had 86 points, backing up 74 from last week. There's a little bit of potential here, but he doesn't play a real solid fantasy game. It's not really suited for it. So he'll probably come out and have 34 next week. So, mm. yeah, don't get too excited again. Same with Oscar Allen. Same type, really similar type anyway. 82 oh, points, yeah, solid game. forward. Yeah. Yeah. But again, not the ideal, ideal type. So the one saving grace with him could be a bit more ruck time. So I think he did have 10 hitouts on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, if he gets some more of those hitouts, he could be serviceable. But, yeah, going forward, uh, not 100% sure. Tom Hickey had 81 points, and he's been serviceable the past two weeks. He's finding a groove with Nick Nat out. And, uh, you know, if you're struggling for a ruck, he could be the best uh, option you got out there. Mm-hmm. Darcy Fogarty uh, from the Crows is the only one really to talk about that actually scored well. Uh, he had 82 points uh, from five goals. He uh, looked impressive. Um, but, yeah, he's the old school full forward type, you know. Mark, kick, goal. And if you kick five goals, you're only going to get 60 fantasy points out of that. And you've got to do a yep. bit more to um, a bit more to get those points going forward. So, yeah, again, not huge on my radar despite looking good on the weekend. Interesting one. I think at some stage you'll kind of push up and play more midfield time or more up he the ground. He just looks so big. Like, I just don't know. He's not quick enough, really, is he? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's just going to be stuck forward. He probably won't have been playing at the Crows next year. So It's true. See how he goes. All right. Let's move on to From the Twos. All right, time for From the Twos, a segment where we look at the top five state league scorers from each of the state leagues and, uh, yeah, discuss their prospects at uh, senior level. So we'll start off with the SANFL. So uh, Jack Trengo made a return to form. So he had 153 points, only averaging 135 now. So that sucks. Um, 147 for Scott Lysett. So, again, could have uh, picked himself next week. But, again, who knows that the Port Ruck situation is uh, quite competitive for spots. Who knows? Uh, Willem Drew, 136. Uh, Miles Paholke had 123. And Sam Mays rounds out the top five with 117 points. The VFL, Riley West, he had 155 points. That's a uh, huge game. Yeah, that's massive. He should almost be knocking on the door for another game at the Dogs. Uh, Braden Proust just continues his dominant season. He had 149 points, averaging 126. Nathan Robat, a couple of tons back-to-back, 139 points from him. Charlie Constable, 134 points from him. He must be close to a uh, Geelong game. He's been playing very, very well this season. And Tommy Campbell, 131 points from him. Um, the Rutman are just dominating the VFL. He's averaging 124 this season. All right, on to the Neeful. So, Joel Amadi. So, we talked about him last week. Yeah. He had 154 points. Untried young Ruckman for Sydney. Had 140 this week. Now, Sydney got absolutely belted in the Ruck on the weekend. So, it could be a sneaky chance here. It'll be great. Yeah, it'd be good to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam Wicks had 135. Jack Martin had 135. Tom Nichols had 132, so another Ruckman in there. And James Rose had 126. And I'm going to go a top six this week because Michael Knoll, the, one of the mid-season draftees, he's a Ruckman also for Sydney, had 120. So They've I got to play him, yeah. they? They've got to play one of them. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be very unlikely, I think, that neither of these players come in. I think one of them, yeah. Marty and Noel, are probably going to come in this week. Yeah, I... 
I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, the Waffle, Tommy Cole had 109. Uh, Josh Rotham, 98. Keegan Brooksby, 90 points from him. Nathan Vardy, 84 points. Probably still a bit off getting a game back at the Eagles. And Hayden Ballantyne, could he come back for his uh, farewell game? He had 83 points. There. He was saying today that he reckons he can go for another two years. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's dreaming, I think, but it was pretty funny. I don't know if he's be Ross Bill at Fremantle for another few years. I but, think know, he's taking the piss dream there. away there, Hayden. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump in here with the iTunes review. Now, Ooh. we usually read these at the end, but uh, yep. we thought, thought we might bump them up the uh, pecking order just in case uh, people weren't listening that far and didn't know it was even an option. So. Good, good. Yeah, so we've got an iTunes room from Terry from Tara. Uh, he says, this is a must-have for anyone in fantasy footy. Good insights, a bit of humour, a bit of poor humour. Uh, a great all-round knowledge... Uh, Sorry, great all-round knowledge is a great listening. Sorry, I can't read. I haven't shared it with fellow coaches in my league as I don't want to give them any advantage. Good, Terry. Don't give any sucker an even break. I like that. Yeah, except we need more listeners. But anyway, you do what you need to do, Terry. It's all good. (laughs) You do you, Terry. We'll do us. All right, uh, let's move on to the captain's call. Okay, on to the captain's call where I look at a few uh, left field captain options. Wouldn't be the first guys you pop the C on, but some guys that uh, could go big for you if you're really struggling. So first on the list is my man, Jimmy Warpool, James Warpool, the Warpedo, uh, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he averages 102 at Marvel Stadium, so yeah, decent to put the C on. Riley O'Brien's playing at home, and he averages 101 there. If he Take- gets picked. Yeah, if he gets picked, which I think he should, even though uh, Source was good. I think he was only rested last week, so surely they bring him back in after that. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, anyway. Uh, Taylor Adams, he had a uh, hundred. Sorry, he um, averages one hundred thirty at Adelaide Oval. So wow. I'm not sure how often he plays there, but that's quite big. Probably only one or two times, but he's gone big. Uh, he also averages ninety nine against the Crows, so that's probably good signs there. Liam Shields averages one hundred and five versus Gold Coast, and there could be quite a few players that go big against them this week. Yep. Uh, Bryce Gibbs averages one hundred at home. Jack. Steele averages 115 at the MCG, so he's playing there this weekend against Carlton too. So, you know, we, we talked about him earlier. And, oh, sorry, there's going to be a question coming up about him. But, uh, yeah, we talked about him. We'll talk about him a little bit later on. Uh, Connor Blakely, he had uh, – sorry, he averages 102 uh, – he averages 102 against Essendon playing over there at the stadium this week. Uh, he sure has a, averages 103 against Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker averages 107 against Melbourne. Uh, Jason Johannesson averages 113 at the City. Sydney Showground Stadium. So, again, I don't know uh, how long he plays there. That's Giant Stadium for those uh, playing at home. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how often he's played there, but uh, could be a handy one there. Joel Selwood, don't know if we trust him, but he averages 103 against Brisbane. Up there, it might be a different story. Mm-hmm. Zach Jones averages 104 against Melbourne against his brother's side. And Sam Gray averages 106 against North Melbourne. Actually, I do remember quite a few Sam Gray games where he's gone large against them. But, uh, again, uh, that would be a risky captain choice. Very, very risky because... Uh, yeah, Port, uh, well, basically, he's not going anywhere near the midfield anymore and he might not even get a game this week uh, going on last week's performance. But anyway, um, I think he had 42, so yeah, it wasn't great. Anyway, uh, so if you want any of these exclusive stats, so anything from the state league scores to the projections, these are all available on our Patreon page along with a whole, you know, raft of other great stuff. We've got a weekly Wave of Wire podcast that we put up there. And uh, yeah, coming up to the off-season, we'll have lots of stuff. So we'll probably do a post-finals episode that will be available on the Patreon page as 
well as all the draft stuff, uh, you know, all the trades, everything that goes forward. We're going to have all the stately scores from every player that got drafted, likewise with the under-18 scores and all that sort of stuff. So everything, all the essentials you need to start getting ready for next season, yep. we'll have it uh, available so you can get the uh, head start on your league. Come October, November, we're really going to be heating up, so make sure you get involved then. All right, uh, on to, uh, we have, sorry, we had a patron, new patron this week. Oh, so nice. thank you to Lachlan for signing up this week and yeah, getting access to all that sweet stuff that we just mentioned. Thanks, Lucky. All right, if you want to join up too, head to patreon.com slash pot and uh, join in on the all the action. All right, on to our favourite section, the listener tweets. Okie dokie, moving on to the listener tweets. The first one comes from at Trab014. Charlie Cameron, can he score like that again or will it be hard against the Geelong defence? Do you have anything to say about Charlie Cameron, Case? Look, he's actually becoming one of my favourite players to watch. He's just taking his game to a new level this season. Yeah, he's a freak. Uh, The issue with someone like him is because he's very reliable on the amount of goals he kicks. It's hard to back him in each week, you know, to be that consistent 80 kind of scorer like he's been pulling out the last few weeks. When his goals are high, his scores are high. When they're not, it's not. Because Brisbane's midfield is so strong, they don't need him to roll through there or even their wings. They don't need him to push up the ground. They just want him to be that, you know, gun forward which he is so against Geelong he probably won't get that kind of freedom I think I think they'll be quite quietly uh, tightly monitored I think so yep. um, I probably just can't back him in to do that again Look, he's every chance playing at home this week. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm always wary of small forwards. So, yep. look, if you've got someone else, play him. Um, but uh, if not, then you're going to have to play him. And, you know, it wouldn't be the worst option. No. Uh, at Russ2468, I lost my first final but have the second chance. Good work. I desperately need to improve my forward line, but there's not much going around on the waiver wire except Narkel. Do you think he can back it up against Brisbane this week? Uh, again, he's someone who's every chance as well, just like Cameron we just mentioned. But, you know, he had a fair bit of midfield time but really low time on ground and scoring well yep. over a point a minute. Most players don't do that every week. Yep. You know, they go close to, uh, every now and then. But yeah, um, look, if you've got, it would have been good to mention maybe other options to give us to choose from. And, uh, you know, if you want us to actually go through your waiver list, uh, you know, send us a tweet or whatever and we'll, we'll be happy to have a look at it for you yep. if you need something to, uh, yeah, someone to pick up. All right, uh, at TWR412, uh, how did TKLKs uh, handle the games from Bose and English on the weekend? Well, I'm just licking my lips for my premiership in 2020. He's all hot and flustered at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Oh, man. Tim English is going to be so good. Jackie Bowes. Man, his hair looked electric from the replays I saw. But uh, look, look, they, they did what they needed to do to kind of uh, become keepers again next season. I think Bowes has the, the ability to do that. Uh, Tim English, I'm very hot on too. So, yes, I had a very enjoyable weekend watching my two boys go at it. All right, uh, from Jake Thresher on Facebook. Hey, guys, uh, who is the player or players across your leagues that you find yourself always going for or looking at, even if they aren't necessarily locks? I can't quit on Tommy Cutler and keep on hoping Ed Richards gets going. That's a great question, Jake. I absolutely love this one because I'm a sucker to uh, always pick up the same guys. Don't get me started on Tom Cutler. I have uh, kept him all this year. 
I'm a massive fan. He just he's his ceiling is absolutely huge, and I actually think he could be the next Nick Newman. So he just needs to be traded somewhere because his fantasy game's good. I think his AFL game's good. He just needs the opportunity. So stick that with Tommy Cutler. I think if he can get traded, he's going to be uh, take his game to the next level. Actually, just get a game. Full stop. Bailey Williams is another one I'm always sucked into. Um, he's obviously had a bit of a dud year this year. I think probably needs a new opportunity as well. Benny Keys I always get sucked into. He's oh, always been. Do you ever? Yeah, he was. You know, everyone, I don't. Know. It's just a weird one. And Reese uh, Matheson too, don't you? Yeah, Big but I, I managed to I managed to turn my back on Reese this year, and he almost you know kicked me in the face this year by not trade yeah, not picking him up again. But he started uh, well. Yeah, he started well, and now he's about to find his way back in the side. But uh, look, there's always a risk with those guys of kind of turning into a Dom Tyson, where you know they they've promised the world but delivered delivered an atlas. So um, yeah, they're the guys for me. But I, I'm still so keen on Tom Cutler. Hef, what about you? Oh, my side's really young, so there's probably not a lot of guys I'm going to keep if they aren't, you know, got potential going forward. So, it's going to be a lot of new faces, not guys I'm coming back to. But, uh, look, I, I always end up keeping with – I always end up with Dawson Simpson on my team for some reason. He's always yep. just a ruck that is likely to play as slow. You know, we'll play if someone gets injured. So, I always yep. got him on low on the list, like last pick of the draft or in mm-hmm. my rookie list or whatever. Always seem to end up with him. I held Paul Ahern for quite a while, three injuries as well. So, he had a quieter game on the weekend, but all of North Melbourne did. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he goes okay. Matthew Broadbent's always someone – held through thick and thin um, you know hoping he'd just get that 70 75 low 80 average mm-hmm. which is kind of come back to this season and I reckon this is one of the first seasons I haven't had him so uh, yeah look it's a bit sad but uh, anyway <laughs> Matthew Broadbent no longer on my side but yeah they're, they're probably the three that I always end up with somehow uh, at Dan K 101 who to start in my forward line out of Rioli West Coast uh, Parfit or Menegola and in defence Perryman or Dersmar so uh, I think have touched on it earlier in the pod uh, Willie is a bit too unpredictable to back him in uh, you know this time of year you need you need to kind of go either a completely blockbuster option or a very safe option and I just don't he's just a bit too unpredictable I think um, the go is for me Brandon Parfit up second up from a spell I think he's going to be ready to go um, got the got the blow out of the lungs in the first game and now should be good to go after a few weeks off. I'm basing this on no factual evidence and there's probably a mm. bit of bias here that uh, I'm a Menegola owner. Yeah. But I reckon two games back, I reckon the third game is going to go bang and pump out a 90. So, Dan, just don't pick Willie, pick on the other two. And <laughs> yeah, uh, as, for the, as for the backman, I think you could go uh, Perryman. Um, he obviously had coming off a ton last week. He's looking the goods, I think, with a bit of uncertainty about, you know, who's actually playing for... Um, GWS this week, if, you know, Hopper's missing, gives a few more opportunities to Perryman. I think he's got to be the go-to option there. All right. Uh, we've got another tweet from at South Aust with uh, just the word Simpkin, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. So, Jai Simpkin, geez, he's teased us this year. He's just not a fantasy slot. The more you look at it, he's just doesn't have that next level fantasy game. So he's only taken two marks in three weeks. Now, you know, if you listen to us most of the year, we bang on stuff about you got to take marks and you got to tackle. He just doesn't find, he just doesn't take easy marks, which is just where you get so many cheap points. Jack McRae does it perfectly, just sluts himself around, gets the old chip kick mark, go from there. Simkin doesn't have that in his game, which is a bit annoying. So if you look at it, he had 30 touches in one game and only scored 78 points. So usually if most people are scoring, if most people are having 30 touches, they're going to be definitely pushing 100. So he's just, I think he's that quality over quantity player. And I think at this stage, that's where he's at. But um, you know, he could surprise me in the next you know year, but I think he's... I think he just doesn't have that fantasy game. 
Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with Simkin as well. Uh, Jordan Grigurki from uh, Facebook. Uh, if you were setting up a brand new keeper league with six or eight coaches, what settings would you play with? Making sure the settings are clear and correct at, from the start is very important. Yeah, most definitely is. Um, look, if I was you, I'd try and get eight coaches. I think six is too small um, and you just kind of end up having the premium players. And while that's good, yes, I think there is a lot more enjoyment in finding the, the diamonds in the rough, which is why we kind of do this podcast. We do like talking about the shit players because end of the day, you get more excitement about finding those, you know, youngsters or, you know, recycled players who do well. I think the other thing is locked waivers is I'm a massive fan on. So, especially if you're playing with six or eight coaches, I think you need to make sure that the onus is on the draft. So, you need to get your draft right and then lock in your lock in the, the waivers. No one can use them for the year, which then makes next year's draft even more exciting and more reason to trade. So, if you've got only a small amount of teams, I would heavily uh, make sure that you lock the waivers for the year. Yeah, I'll just say make sure you go with deep lists. You know, if you've got uh, six to eight basically coaches, you might, probably might want to go like list of 40 or so. Um, you know, go real deep with them so there's not much left on the uh, on the waivers as well, yeah. or not much left in the um, in the pool. And that makes draft night more exciting yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'd also go with full lockout. And I've been saying this, just the personal gripe on my redraft league. Mm-hmm. Rolling lockouts is shit. Yeah, They're they just are. like – if you're a good fantasy player, you shouldn't get a second chance at your captain. No. You know, you should be making your assessment, putting your captaincy on, and you roll with it. And Live you stick and die with by it. the sword. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked. I've yeah. been playing at the moment. And I've been seeing lately, like, well, in ultimate footy, you don't actually have to set a captain. You can just take the captaincy off a player and you just have your vice captain scoring. Uh, it just looks shit. Like, yeah. it just doesn't look right. Yeah. I'm probably, it's probably controversial. But everyone, a lot of people out there love the uh, rolling lockout. Nah, rolling lockout does stink. Because they're too, yeah, too weak to back their captain in. Exactly. <laughs> and the last one's from Nicholas James on Facebook, too. Um, uh, he just wants a review on Jack Steele's year and if he has reached his potential as a high 90s player. And also, is Paddy Dow a buy low option? What are his underage numbers like? Well, I'm now a Steele owner for the last, what, three weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Still don't know much about the guy, but just uh, Good one. <laughs> traded him in because uh, for an older player that I wanted to get rid of. Uh, but anyway... Um, yeah, he's had six tons this season, uh, four yeah. in the 90s. He's 24 years old. He averages 95. Look, I'd be keeping. Like, depends how deep your list is, I guess. But, yeah. um, look, the tackle numbers, too, make him nice and juicy, mm-hmm. I think, as well. Yeah, I was looking at that earlier on. He's had uh, four games this season where he's had double-figure tackles, which is, you know, that's 40 points just there. Yeah, And one huge. game where he had 18 tackles. So, like, the even if he's not getting much of the ball, his pressure around the footy is amazing. So, the Guys like him, they're never going to really bottom out and have really stinker games yeah. because he just he's always around the ball and always tackling. So when he can add, you know, a few more touches, he's he's a gun. And look, on the weekend they had Gresham out, but then they also had Stephen coming back in, and then also Hanabry in too. And look, Stephen might not be the next year. Yep. Hanabry is getting old. Yep. So I don't know for the future. I reckon he's going to be a gun. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. All right, uh, Paddy Dow. Sorry, Paddy Dow. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah so look. Junior numbers, so uh, better super coach numbers as a junior. Yeah. But um, look, I'd give him a chance at a low price. Still, really hard to figure out Carlton's best side or best yeah. side next year. You know, we were talking about Daisy and Cade Simpson may potentially going around again. You know, yeah, that kind of does hamper these kind of kids. So. It's yeah. tough. I was going to say, wait for JLT and see how he goes, but uh, he always seems to carve up in JLT and really <laughs> and fuck you for the season. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Now we'll wrap it up uh, from there. So, I guess, uh, yeah, f- that's it from me. Uh, follow us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Keeper League Pod. Sign up, get all the free, we'll get all the stats that go with it and get your name read on the pod. Do it, yeah. it'd be good. Um, and then also head to our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Uh, 
uh, for yeah, some more information about the podcast there. Beautiful. All right. Two more to go, Kays, and then it's party time. It is party time, but uh, yeah, obviously good luck to everyone still in the finals. It's really getting crunch time now. It's must-win games from yeah. now on in, so uh, make sure you do all your research, get involved in our Patreon, get the stats, yeah. and pick your best site. There might be some leagues out there doing something uh, a bit special for their grand finals and stuff like that. We get together at a pub and uh, mm-hmm. usually have a few beers and watch the Sunday games together and hand over the trophy. So yep. if any leagues are doing anything like that, tweet us through some photos. We love seeing all that shit. Uh, showing us your trophies. Tweet through the uh, presentation to the, the new cha- uh, premiership coach or whatever. Uh, we love seeing all that. So, uh, yeah. So do we have to go to the port game? in the twilight game of the last week to get oh, the trophy. Oh, shit. I might just pop into the welly afterwards, I reckon, with the trophy. <laughs> I'll bring that with me to the... I'll have a day out with the trophy and then I'll bring it back to the pub afterwards. <laughs> it's just down the road from Adelaide, we'll say. Yeah, it might work. That could be interesting. Yeah, I might bring it with me and just drink out of it all day. <laughs> I love you go Adelaide over there. Just pour, it, pour beautiful West End <sighs> straight into that cup. I don't know if I'd get it through security. <laughs> no, probably not. It's probably a weapon. Ah, oh, shit. I'm going to have to figure out. Maybe I'll just park my car in the welly and walk down. Clever. Anyway. <laughs> all right, we're rambling now, so yes. we'll, uh, we'll get going. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Adjip.